to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. And uh, it's nice to have you back here, Pistol. I haven't had you on the podcast for a while. It's nice to hear your voice. How are you, champion? I'm very good, thank you. But this week is exciting just because there's so many different options. We only have two trades. I feel like we need about four this week. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to just getting right into it and discussing all the potential trade ins and outs options this week. There's a lot of things to talk about here, mate. The, the one thing that jumps out to me, I always think that the uh, the Port and the Gold Coast buyers just like so far in advance to the rest of the buyers that, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we shouldn't plan for them. It's like one week or two weeks, Pistol. Like, why can't they just combine them? Can't, can't they play in, like, <laughs> China, like, two weeks later? Is there something to do with the humidity or the, the flights from uh, uh, from Qantas or something take them over there? What's the story? It's actually a great question. And I think for memory, the AFL... I don't know if I think they own the ground, or I know they at least put the grass in because they sent their own MCG grass specialists over there <laughs> to take care of the the grass. But I reckon, like, I don't understand why it couldn't just be two weeks later and they just synchronize it with the rest of the buys. Uh, there must be a reason, but I don't know what it is, Chizo. This is a little bit ignorant, but maybe they're just going there to see the grass because, like, in an urban environment in China, I'm not sure how many parks and stuff they've got to run around in having not been there myself. So um, there wasn't a huge crowd there the other week, Pistol, so we'll, we'll put it at that. Maybe grass isn't all that interesting. Uh, mate, so we might as well jump into... Uh, we'll say start the, uh, with the... the grass isn't greener on the other side, Chiso. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that one. It was too predictable. We'll jump Fair into enough. the uh, the Cancer Council to start with here, mate. We'll, we'll let you go through your baby. We've had a, uh, a couple nice uh, submissions this week, mate. We're well up over the 4k in total that we've raised so far since uh, you started the uh, cancer council fundraiser a few years ago yeah it's been unbelievable and this week as well we've got some really great donations so firstly thanks so much to mick forster um you did cop a donut this week in the back line which hopefully given the ins this week you don't have to get a, a donut uh this week but it's looking if you have how you might be struggling a little bit uh, but appreciate your donation for the Donate for Donuts campaign. And to Guy Fisher, who's now donated for three donuts. Firstly, that sucks a lot. So <laughs> I apologize that you've uh, had three donuts because that is a lot of donuts. But also, thank you so much for you know um, thinking of us and uh, donating for donuts, even though you know, you're know you copping this very bad luck, but you're still uh, making some, some good work out of it. So again, thanks very much, Guy Fisher. Well, thanks, Guy. It actually does make me feel good about myself, obviously, having two uh, donuts this year. So uh, knowing that there's someone out there that's donating uh, for extra ones I haven't had pistol, it does make me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> um, so we might as well jump into the teams here, mate. Uh, absolute blockbuster again on Friday. I say I feel like I say that absolutely uh, every podcast I jump on. Uh, Sydney Swans and Carlton here, mate. We've got a few ins and outs. Uh, Gary Rowan and Nick Newman coming in on the Swans side of things. Out goes Tom Papley, who is managed and Tom McCartan, who's been omitted. And on Carlton's side, Jack Silvani comes back from the wilderness where he's uh, probably grown a beard, um, Leo DiCaprio style. Uh, and Harry Mackay, uh, after he's kind of slowed down a little bit since his, uh, his debut where he kicked a, a few snags there, mate. Uh, interesting game here, Pistol. There might be some uh, VC, VC options and stuff a little bit uh, later on touching on this game. It should be interesting. I have to say... These Friday night games, I mean, Colton was so excited to get, you know, a Friday night gig this year and to play Swans at the SCG. This is going to be an absolute slaughter. Like, there's just no way this is close unless it's raining. And as you said, VC options, I mean, we obviously you talk about the VCs and Cs at the end of the podcast usually, which we, we will do, but how can you not 
VC buddy if you have him. I know you could say, okay, I guess Gorn and Grundy, if you had both, uh, have a strong case. But buddy against Carlton, he scored 183, you know, three times ago against them. At the SCG this year already, he's gone bonkers. I mean, this is, this is, this could be absolutely insane, Chizo. He, well, we did get a little bit of hate on on Twitter, um, Pistol. I think more, more more on my side than you because everyone seems to love you on Twitter, <laughs> uh, Pistol. Um, that we were suggesting that Lance Franklin could be a good option. Like, yes, he scored poorly, but just look at what the weather conditions he was that he was playing in Pistol. He wasn't playing in bright sunshine, nice and dry. Uh, wasn't like a little bit of dew on the on the the ground there, mate. It was like it, it was it was basically a puddle, like. And when you've got conditions like that, it's going to be tough for anyone to, you know, kick 13 goals and put up a score. So um, at the time, he was presenting himself as a decent option with the run that he had. But, you know, when, when you know, the, the weather intervenes, there's only so much you can do. But at the SCG uh, this week, Pistol, obviously that low score has uh, brought his price down again a little bit. Again, he still has a little bit of an elevated break even, but he is going to be a good choice. And, um, you were tossing up about putting the, the VC on him uh, that we'll touch a, a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, Pistol, well, I don't mind that. Uh, 200th game for Dan Hanabry, and he's just been chugging along this year. Pistol, he hasn't been having a, a, a great season by his standards. He just needs to find another gear, I think. He's, geez, oh, he's at 380k uh, so far this season and does not look like any sort of form reversal anytime soon. So if you're trying to get him as maybe a sneaky uh, M9 to have for the rest of the season, I wouldn't bother, you know, wasting a trade on him because he's just so far out of it uh, this year. Not quite sure what has happened, um, but, you know, his, his uh, preseason was injury affected and it's probably just had this adverse effect on him throughout the rest of the year. But um, throughout, you know, for the rest of the Swan side, you'd think, Parker and Heaney as well would be in for big games. And someone like Ben Ronk, who has a low break even, I think um, off the top of my head it's 44, 45, and he should also make quite a bit more money because I'm expecting a decent score from from him. So I did notice, though, that they brought in Nick Newman um, maybe to fill some sort of mill slot. I know um, last week Zach Jones seemed to be running more, but it just boggles my mind that they brought in Stoddart and then he played as a forward. He played in the JLT as a backman. He scored really well as a backman. Mills comes out, Stoddart comes in, and they play him as a forward the whole game, Chizo. It just does not make any sense. It's just a Johnny Longmire thing, isn't it? He, 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 never, he doesn't like you being able to predict what's going on. If you and I can predict where Stoddard's going to play, you, you can guarantee that his opposition that he picks up on that week is going to figure out where they're going to play Stoddard. So um, it's a little bit like Brody Mychek. We're going to play a little bit later, uh, talk about it a little bit later. Where they're playing him up forward line for some reason at the Pies but um, honestly uh, just brought up Dan Hanabry because I wanted to fit in that joke so kudos to anyone that picked up on it uh, we'll jump into the next game Western Bulldogs and the D's this should be a decent contest uh, but not by the way that the D's have been going Pistol run us through this one look you've made too many puns on this podcast <laughs> Chizo, so I'm going to need to ask you to just uh, hold back a little bit uh, maybe leave it to the uh, professionals and we'll uh, yeah just just Calm, calm your farm cheese. I've got Mine are a little bit right darker now. though. You're, you're like a little, little cute tuddly boy. I've got like the little bit of like the dark cloud atmosphere around my puns though. There's a little bit more punch to them. No, there, there is, but also <laughs> you just, 
you, you're pushing. You're kind of fine line. Don't don't impede on my territory. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there on on the podcast. <laughs> For the Bulldogs, out goes Zane Cordy and Bailey Dale. Uh, with injuries, in comes Dale Morris, which is uh, great news for Bulldogs. And Mitch Honeychurch comes in. No change on the Demon side. So um, that means Spargo and Fritch and Tim Kelly, all those guys are managing to hold their place, which is um, very good news. Chizo, this probably isn't the time to talk about um, you know who to get in, but we should mention just while we're, we're on it, Tim Smith, break-even of minus 118. That is correct, minus 118 probably going to make you 120 140k within a fortnight so uh, keep that in the back of your mind until we you know get on to uh, the the uh, mid prices cash cow situation etc etc um, towards the end of the teams Chizo, in this game Gorn is rucking essentially against no one I know we've, we've kind of just gone through the VC options now I guess as we go past each team but is this going to be an absolute slaughter again I think that's a very good assessment. I, I, I've seen a few tweets come out, um, you know, saying, "Oh, Max Gorn's never averaged well against um, the, the Western Bulldogs." Oh, back in two thousand and fourteen, he only scored three. Shut up! Five years ago, don't care. We're talking about <laughs> this weekend. He's coming up against Tom Boyd, and then blah, nobody. He's just going to go nuts. And we were talking, uh, uh, we we're talking uh, about some of the um, stats from the. Uh, Fantasy Frico article before, just the amount of centre bounce um, uh, first hitouts that he gets is like sixty seven or sixty nine percent or something like that. He just gets his hand on the ball so often, and the way the attacking game that Melbourne are playing, he's just around the ball so often that he's just going to keep racking up those points against any ruckman. We've seen it, I've seen him do it against the um, the absolute best in the competition. So when he's coming up against Tom Boyd, who's you know fresh out of the VFL, he can only go crazy. I'm just I'm not seeing anything under a hundred this week, um, Pistol. And like if you're picking someone for a VC option, for example, you know, or uh, going into a C, say your your VC hasn't worked, it is a great option because you you were you were talking about um, like VCing a, a Franklin going into a Gorn. Like there's nothing wrong with that because I can't see anything going wrong here, mate. I mean. Grundy had really poor stats against Bulldogs as well until last week, and he scored, you know, 152 um, against the Bulldogs. So you just need to look back one week to realize that those stats probably aren't going to be holding true this year, especially given the form that Gorn and Grundy, both of them, you know, averaging almost 130. It's just surely when you're averaging 130 and you're playing against the weakest ruck in the competition and you've just come off like, three 100-point wins in a row. Like, really, are you going to score 65? Like, it just does not make any sense to me, Chiso. But I think uh, we've spoken a bit about it. Uh, do you want to move on to the next game? Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, the Hawks and the power here, mate. Tim O'Brien, Daniel Howe coming in for Mitch Lewis and David Mirror. A few people are going to be burnt by that one. No change on the power side from their week off. They should be nice and refreshed. Uh, Mitch Lewis was on the bubble. Um, you wouldn't have picked him up unless your life depended on it, let's be honest. He had a positive 13 <laughs> break even for someone that's uh, priced 120-odd K. So wouldn't be going near it. David Mirror out pistol. Are you surprised by that at all? No, not at all. Um, I was watching the game and I just had said to the other Dr. Supercoach admins, I said, there is no way Mira plays next week. Um, he had one good quarter, the third quarter. I think he scored like 48 Supercoach points in that quarter. 
the rest of the game, he was very, very poor. Um, it's It was unfortunate to see, given I was playing him on the field, and, you know, he's going to make lots of cash, but he's got a break-even of minus 10 and finds himself out of the side. Not ideal. I was not surprised at all uh, that he was dropped. And you know what? There's plenty of opportunities in that Hawthorne side to play a couple of good VFL games and get back in the side. So at the moment, I'm not in too much of a rush to trade him. Um, I think there is a good chance that he does come back in in the, in the next couple, couple of weeks when we need him, you know, around that round 14, hopefully, uh, time. But yeah, it is disappointing that he's not going to be making any quick cash. And Chiesel, a question for you. There's so many Port Adelaide options. Which one, out of all of them, no, don't worry about position for this uh, question, which one is top of your wish list? Well, I'll explain it. This is a two-part answer. Okay. Uh, the the player that you should be going for is in a position that you're lacking. So for me, I've got um, pretty decent bookends on either end, and I've got a, a lot of my rookies running through the midfield. And so I'm looking for a midfielder for me this week. That's just the way I'm looking at, particularly because my forward line rookies just haven't really topped out. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to um, find some value. When we're talking about value, I can't really go past Rocky. And then you've got to kind of ask yourself why you would jump on someone that's um, priced the way he is and the way that he's started the year pistol. There were so many people that picked him to start the year and got burnt. The thing that I'm kind of taking into this situation is that I've had such a horrid year. (laughs) I would rather finish 70K doing something proactive than finish like... 20k having not moved anywhere playing it safe the top 20k are going to do be doing very similar trades to you each and every week unless you do something different so for me taking people are are tweeting me saying oh rocky's such a massive risk what risk is it to me coming 30k or 40k it makes no difference to me if i have to burn another trade on him or he, he becomes an m9 so what so for me i'm going to take him for Tim Kelly, it actually makes me money. And from what I've seen in the last two games that he's played, he's playing more through the midfield. He's playing a role that we kind of expected Rocky to play. He's not playing up forward so much. And I have enough confidence that he could average a ton for the rest of the year. Am I crazy hot on him thinking he's going to do 125? I mean, he might, and that's why I'm taking the risk. But it all depends on where you are right now and what risk you're willing to take to get your your team forward because there are a lot of good options this week that we'll touch on later, maybe a Walters or um, the three port guys in the forward line that you can pick from are all great selections. But um, for me, I'm just kind of doing something a little bit different because it helps me save a little bit of cash to upgrade during the buys. And if it does come off, you look like a genius. If it doesn't come off, then, you know, save it. And what was the uh, second part to that question, Jesus? Well, I was, I was kind of explaining that you, you've got to take into consideration where I'm looking to do my trades this week and then um, where you're willing to take the risk in your team. That's kind of how I've broken it up because um, there's certainly an amount of risk on people that you, you jump on. Say you're going to jump on a grey this week. We've obviously seen a little bit of a role change with him. So even though he started the year going 110, 111, something like that, he may not do that for the remainder of the year playing more forward if Tommy Rockliffe does you know go through the midfield so you've kind of got to weigh up exactly um, how it is and even with Westhoff for example he was playing a different role with Paddy Ryder out of the team so um, it kind of um, 
deal with the risk in any way that you can, but uh, I'm just doing it to as more of a, a, a cash generation thing that if he becomes an M9, that'd be great. Well, I mean, as well, Rockliffe isn't like a low percentage play. Like, it's very much a high risk, high reward. But when I say high risk, it's still not like, it's not like a 5% chance of working out, you know? Like, it's probably up there in like the 30 to 40% range at least. So, um, it's not a bad punt by any means. It's not like you're making some crazy decision. Like, it's Tom Bloody Rockliffe. He, he's, you know, averaged 132 before. Um, as long, and now he's in a better team than he was as well. So um, definitely can understand that, Chizo. Just touching quickly on the other Port Adelaide options, you did mention Gray's had a role change. I think there was a stat floating around in the last uh, two matches since Rockliffe's moved to the midfield. Robbie Gray's only attended six centre bounces. So that's a very obvious role change uh, for him. And because of that, he's somebody that I don't even know if I would be getting him as my number one port forward option um, going forward for the rest of the year. I can't really split Westhoff and Boak personally, but hearing the news this week that Paddy Ryder might be managed for the rest of the season, that doesn't mean he's going to miss you know lots and lots of games, but it might miss. It means he might um, be rested a bit more, might miss one here and there. That just means Westhoff's probably going to have some sort of chop out ruck time. Maybe you know he he gets more freedom who who knows you know he played really well when Ryder was out of the team so if Ryder's you know going to be resting a bit more maybe it's going to help uh Westhoff so I think um I probably would be going for Westhoff knowing he also plays 22 games every single year um above Boak but at the same time kind of a 50-50 and I don't think I'd be getting Westhoff this week which is a benefit because of all the other trades I want to do whereas Boak I feel like you kind of want to go this week with a much lower break even um so yeah, there's this this podcast is probably for me advising on trades. This is the hardest week of the entire season. I'd say almost make or break Chizo just because the amount of options that there are um, and the uncertainty as well of you know which one is the best. Usually, I got a pretty good idea of what I think is going to work out, but this this week it's all over the shop. So, um, with that being said, Chizo, do you want to take us through the uh, Gold Coast Suns versus Geelong Cats game? Absolutely. We've got a uh, heap of outs on both sides. Jesse Joyce, Jack Martin, Tommy J. Lynch coming back, Sammy Day, and Will Brody breaking through for his first game in 2018. Out goes Jared Lyons, Jack Leslie, Brad Shear, Braden Crossley, and Matt Rosa. On the cat side of things, Wiley Buzzer, Lockie Fogarty, and Lincoln McCarthy coming in for Stuart Cramity, Corey Gregson, and Asava Radigalia with that uh, broken leg. It's going to be interesting to see Gaz go back up to Metricon uh, here, Pistol, especially because it's their first game back since the Commonwealth Games. That's exactly right. It's going to be a huge game, but not just that. I mean, let's think about this logically for a second. I'm I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, Tim Kelly and his role um, over the last couple of weeks. So Gaz has come back in the side, and at first Tim Kelly was playing a bit in midfield. Gaz moved a bit forward. It's Gold Coast Suns versus Cats. Gaz is going to have a big impact. There's no way they're going to stop him from having a big impact. He's going to be playing all around the guts this week. Dangerfield's moved into the guts in the last couple of weeks as well um, instead of playing forward the entire game. They brought in Buzzer, so we don't really have to worry about Dangerfield being the full forward while Radigali is out. I just don't see a spot like in the midfield for Tim Kelly as much as in the previous weeks. Like It's just not going to happen, Chizo. I think... He's going to be playing forward, which might be okay against you know weaker sides, which they do have in the next two weeks. But 
also, that doesn't mean he's going to be scoring, you know, the 115s that we saw earlier in the year. And with a break-even of 135, I know we wanted to hold him out to the bye, and I was desperate for that to happen. And just watching him last week and seeing his role last week, it's just not going to happen, Chizo. I think uh, Tim Kelly, for me, is the number one trade-out option, and it's kind of clear as day. Well, you did mention it. He's got a, a high break even in the 130s. Projected to go down $24,000 this week, but that's on a score, a, a projected score of 83. If you consider his last three-round average of only 65, uh, you know he's going to con- drop considerably more than that. I think, um, I, you know, you know that I rant about this all the time. It's when coaches think that they pick a first-year player and he's just going to be a premium for the entirety of the season. We're all guilty of getting sucked into it at some point. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where we had people suggesting that Finlayson was going to be, uh, you know, a top eight defender for the year and, and ridiculous things like that and how quickly things change. Tim Kelly's a cash cow. That's what he is. He's not going to be a top 10 midfielder for the year. He's. I don't think he's going to get more expensive than what he is now. I don't see him rocketing back up and he's not going to have enough time to do that before the buy anyway. So this is the opportune time to get rid of him if you haven't already. And I'm with you on that point there, Pistol. It does seem to me like he's the number one trade-out option this week. I do just want to touch on something that you did say. You, uh, Danger has been playing more through the midfield. You're happy that he's kind of got over um, that kind of a month period where they were just resting him, uh, you know, forty percent forward, just managing him a little bit. You're happy he's through the the other side of that, and he's playing a lot more midfield time, um, having a, more of an impact on the game that we've seen in previous weeks. Um, pumps. I mean, obviously, starting him was painful given his opening, you know, six, seven, eight games. But in the last couple of weeks, he's looked awesome. And if you don't have Dangerfield, you need to get Dangerfield because it would not surprise me to see him be in the top two um, scoring players for the rest of the season. Probably even first, given McRae's got to play uh, the Jacobs tag twice. Um, I think it's very doable that Dangerfield could average 130 from here on out to the rest of the season. Yeah. Another one to keep an eye on, uh, Jacob Heron Speedy. Um, yes, he's getting his second game, but when you look at those outs with the, you know, Jared Lyons and uh, Matt Rosa and things like that, it, it's hard to see him, um, play, you know, play during the buys. He might get a third game or potentially even a fourth game, but with those outs, it's really hard to see that he is going to get an extended run, which would be beneficial because he doesn't have a buy coming up. And not only that, you've got to remember he. Scored, you know, 44 points at quarter time and 10 points for the rest of the match. So uh, depending on how he goes, if he doesn't have that blistering opening quarter, uh, he might be struggling uh, on the points side of things as well. So maybe we can just keep that one on the back burner, Chizo. Yeah. Uh, Take us through the next game, Eagles and St Kilda at Optus. few interesting ins and outs and uh, impacts on uh, the likes of Jimmy Webster. (laughs) I mean, spoilers alert, Chizo, but let's start with the Eagles side. Uh, Luke Shuey comes back from that injury, and Nelson comes in. Dom Sheed was omitted, and Chris Maston was injured. On the Saints side, we've got Rowan Marshall coming in, Mav Weller coming in. Out goes Luke Dunson and Jake Carlisle with that suspension for KOing uh, Rewalt last week. Now, as you said, or alluded to before, um, this week you've got the big, tall West Coast forward line. You've got the JJK, you've got the Scotty Lysett, you've got Jack Darling, they're massive, and you've got Jake Waterman as well, who's big. The Saints defenders, Aguirre, Logan Austin, 
Jimmy Webster, you've got Hunter Clark, you've got Bailey Rice, you've got Sane Savage. They're, they're shorties. I mean, there's four really big West Coast players, three that are pretty much permanent forwards. Webster might struggle this week. I know that the ground size itself, well, I mean, it's as in it's not like a tiny ground, was probably going to help him a little bit, and the ball will be there a lot, so he's probably going to get a lot of you know long kickouts, and that's something that you know Hearn does really well. So it's not like a definite that he's going to do poorly, but if I had to trade him in this week, I'd be feeling really iffy about it, just because, yeah, that, that matchup on Darling doesn't seem like it's going to be you know, massively profitable. I'm not going to be expecting a 140 from Webster this week, Chizo. Well, let's look about it the other way. If he does have a poor score this year, uh, this week, sorry, it's in uh, his rolling average until he has his buy, and then you can pick him up straight after his buy at a potentially lower price for those that are considering him this week. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's perfect to get him, you know, after the buy if you if you need him as your final uh, defender. But it, it seems like Webster's going to be a top six um, defender for the rest of the year. I'm quite comfortable saying that. I mean, he's averaging 108, so it's not. Um, a particularly big call, but there's another player in the West Coast side that you should also be considering in your backline if you have yet to get Elliot Yo. He has been nothing but consistent this season, Chizo, and uh, he's someone that I probably wouldn't be getting this week given he's got the buy next week, but if you don't have him, just jump on him immediately after the buy. He'll be rested. No worries about that potential knee injury that's been a bit sore. Um, yeah, he's someone that you, you can happily jump on and Chizo just quickly I mentioned it before we move on um, they did say that Liam Ryan is tracking really well and could play after the bye he's about 180k he's got a break even off the top of my head from before like minus 80 or something like that so he's someone if he works his way back into the west coast side which if he has any form you know to like how he had in the beginning of the season you'd think he's a shoe in uh, coming back into that side and he could be the perfect, you know, cover. Um, you know, we're talking F7 cover for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm sure that we can do better than a 200K stick figure. But, um, <laughs> it, yeah, he, he does have a low, low break even. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, someone that I do want to talk about, obviously, uh, Bailey Rice on the bubble this week. Break even of negative 49, projected to go up 50K this week. Uh, we'll talk about his direct competition as a downgrade option this week. Um, his job security has only improved with the suspension of Jake Carlisle because there's absolutely no way they're going to have enough cattery to force him out in the next fortnight. No, he's solid. And I actually, watching him play last week and the week before, um, he just looks like someone that's going to play in the Saints side until the rest of the year. They need to play the kids. You know, they're not winning anytime soon. And, He's actually looking decent, so why not give him a chance for the rest of the year? So uh, for me, if job security is your top priority uh, rather than making cash, and I mean, he will make cash as well, don't get me wrong, but he has got that round 14 buy, which um, is a bit uncomfortable uh, in the back line especially. So if you if you want someone with the best job security as a defender, um, Bailey Rice is probably the man to go to over Ridley. Ridley's probably got a couple of weeks left, but... Um, he has that round 13 buy, so if you need the extra numbers in round 18, then uh, Ridley might be your man. 
Round 18. All right. Sorry, Sounds round good. 14. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Pistol. We'll take your word on We'll jump into dream time at the MCG, Dons and Tigers. Uh, Essendon home game. So uh, a friend of Chizo who's a mad Tiger supporter reckons we won't get the 90,000 because it's only uh, under Tigers home games that that happens, he reckons. Uh, Michael Hurley coming back from injury. Paddy Ambrose out again. Always injured that bloke. Dylan Grimes coming in for Basha Hooley. Going to be an interesting game here, Pistol. It's going to... Uh, I think I saw, a, I saw a stat during the week that um, 2017 finalists uh, that Essendon have come up against, they've beaten all of them. And then the Tigers haven't beaten a single finalist they, uh, from 2017. And then it's the reverse. They've beaten all the, uh, the non-finalists from last year and Essendon haven't beaten a single one. I mean, that's not fair because if you look... I mean, stats... Uh, as much as I love them, can be deceiving depending on how you interpret them. And um, I know because we spoke about in the preseason, Chizo, the whole reason that I picked Dusty Marty at the beginning of the year was because they didn't have a tough draw. Until round 10, they only played um, teams that you know pretty much missed the finals the year before. So I was expecting them to start hot, and I thought they would go this well. I thought Dusty would do much better than he's going. I really thought he'd be way better than his 107 average. But because of that, they haven't even gone up against the tough teams. Like it's, it's not really fair when they haven't had the opportunity of playing the good teams, especially because they're playing unreal footy. Even if they did play the top teams, I'd be um, expecting them to win. And uh, Maybe I know they're coming up against your boys uh, this week, Chizo, and you might be feeling a bit confident, but um, I reckon wait till uh, Saturday night and have a judgment call at you know maybe 10 p.m. And, and see how the final scoreboard looks. Yeah, definitely no confidence on my end. Uh, the one, one guy that I do want to talk about this, Jack Higgins. He's pretty much reached his uh, his bursting point here, Pistol. He's only projected to make $800 this week, break-even of 66, a three-round average of only 60. He had a few good games in there, but the uh, the cash is running a little short on uh, Jack Higgins. He could be a perfect uh, uh, trade option this week along with Tim Kelly. Yeah, it just depends as well on who you're planning on getting this week, who you're planning on getting next week. Um, obviously... Um, Tim Smith in the forward line is ideal to be able to get. So if you need to do a Higgins to a, a Tim Smith, you know, by all means, go for it. Um, but if you do manage to hold him for one more week, it's not the end of the world. It's not really going to lose you much money. And you could trade him, um, you know, when we've got the three trades next week, uh, depending on which downgrade options you're looking at or upgrade. If you want to get um, a Westoff or a Gray who are going to drop a lot in price uh, this week, you might be able to... Uh, pick them up a bit cheaper next week but yeah it's so many options Chizo it's uh there's just so much going on but I, I should say Michael Hurley who's coming back um does have quite a high break even because he scored that 60 before he got injured so he's someone that literally looks like the perfect way to finish off your back line as your d6 um at the end of Essendon's buy in round 13 if you can get Michael Hurley for like 460 k, that's ideal Chizo well, there's a decent chance of happening because he's just under $520,000 at the moment, break-even of 150 this week. So there's every chance he does get that, and the injury is the only reason he's dipping below 100 in his season average at the moment. So I don't mind that at all. We'll jump into the next game, take us through North and the Lions. This was a battle for pick one last year, not so much this year. <laughs> Definitely not this year. Um, out goes Ryan Clark on the North Melbourne side and into the uh, squad 
well, I should say it's an extended bench. It's a Sunday game, so uh, keep that in mind. Majak Dor, Nathan Drovat, Paula Hearn, Tom Murphy, and Cameron Zuha. And on the Brisbane side, out goes Matty Eagles, and into the squad comes Ben Keyes, Tom Bell, Josh Walker, Sam Mason, Ryan Lester. Now, Chizo, what do you reckon the chances are that Paul Ahern finally gets a gig? Uh, 2%. 2 so quite low. I think... Uh, I mean, North Melbourne keeps saying he's played really well in the VFL and he deserves his chance and he'll be in our squad and then they make an emergency every single week. I feel like he hasn't. he's had two knee recons. He hasn't played and if they were going to give him a go, they'd make a whole big, you know, hoo-ha about it, pump it up, you know, the bells and whistles and make a whole big thing of it. But the fact that they didn't kind of makes me lean towards... Uh, that they won't play him. But at the same time, uh, I guess the other devil on the shoulder is saying it's Brisbane. It's at Etihad Stadium. It's a pretty pretty good game to have your first game, Chizo. You're probably, probably going to get the win. Yeah, they're also playing so well. So we're seeing with the likes of Melbourne and uh, Port that make no changes after convincing wins that um, and over, over good sides as well that... Um, uh, North are on a little bit of a run, so the the, the necessity to make changes are a little bit lower. Um, it, it is going to be uh, interesting for the likes of, uh, say, Dane Zorko this week because he seems to have, uh, you know, come out the other end of that tag and now he's coming up against uh, probably the best tagger in the league in uh, Benny Jacobs. <laughs> probably the best tagger is an understatement. I'll say definitely the best tagger. Um, I mean, look... If Zorko gets more than 75 Chizo, I'll be thoroughly impressed with him. So um, it's a low bar this week. But yeah, on, in terms of uh, Supercoach relevancy, I think Dane Beams is the one uh, to actually look out for. He's been in some fine form lately. And the problem is, even though he's 482k, 92k I should say, he hasn't quite done enough to be considered, I think, like a top, 10 mid he's more top 15 which is which is okay and given what he's just gone through coming out stepping down the captaincy and you know um well his his dad dad i guess issues i don't know what the right word for for that is Jizo. um he might be someone that you it's it's kind of you don't really know how it's going to affect him long term for the rest of the season i feel like it's a risky upgrade to get to grab him after his buy or even grab him now you just you don't really know how the rest of the season is going to play out. Is he going to take time away from football? Is he, you know, it's just so hard to determine what's going to happen. And I, I feel like it's, in, in my opinion, in this situation, it's best to just wait and get somebody else who doesn't have any of these, you know, hovering issues surrounding them because you don't really know how it's going to affect them for the rest of the season. You know the attractive thing that always, like moths to a light, everyone comes back to Dane Beams every year when he gets on a little bit of a run because he has the ability to just go nuts. He His scores that he can put out when he's in form are incredible. That's why he's been such a relevant option for the last you know five years. In the last uh, five weeks in itself, he's had two scores above 130 in someone that hasn't really had um, a great year. So... He, he does have that ability to uh, to really put out uh, big scores, but just like the end of last year, we only have to think back less than 12 months, Pistol, where we got to the end of last year and, and people jumped on him and we were worried about um, whether he was going to perform or not. And um, you got a, a, a bit of both worlds. You got had a, a, a few low scores, a few big scores. So 
Um, it's definitely one to keep in mind, but um, not something I'm going to get sucked into again, I don't think, uh, Pistol. So we might as well jump into the next game. This is the interesting one, Collingwood versus Fremantle at the MCG. Uh, a lot of changes, extended benches, benches of course. Braden Maynard, Brody Majacek, uh, Daniel Wells, Jared Blair, Ben Crocker, Sam Murray, Adam Oxley all in. On the outs is Travi Varco, Ben Reed, and Jeremy Howe all injured. That's new for Collingwood. Uh, on the uh, free A side of things, Taylor Duman and Michael Apness, Scott Jones, M- uh, Mitch Crowden, uh, Stefan Giro is the one that we should look at. Uh, Pistol is going to be interesting find for Freya, hopefully. Shane Kirsten and Tommy Sheridan coming in onto the extended bench. On the outs, we have Daniel Pierce, Stephen Hill, and Aaron Sandland still suffering from uh, that concussion. I'm a little bit surprised. I didn't think there was anyone tall enough in the league to actually cause head-high contact on Aaron <laughs> Sandland's pistol. No, that's, that's a good point, but he did bed down and it did happen. Um, it is also interesting to note the age profile of the players going out Chizo. Um, I think that average age there is above, well above 30 years old, and they're probably bringing in three young kids as well. And as uh, Ross Lyon said, um, I think it was on Monday or Sunday, that they're just going to have to play the kids uh, for the rest of the year, which is exactly what we like to hear. And he said that he was going to put Duman back in the side, which he did. And he also suggested that uh, Stefan Giro is going to be debuting this week. I think it was actually confirmed as well. So he he's in 102k mids. Definitely one to watch out for. I know he's got that round 14 buy, but he is killing it in the WAFL. So um, I would have high high hopes for for him. On the Collingwood side, it was also Myocek that was named to debut this week in the forward line, mind you. I know he's played as a key defender for pretty much his entire career, but in the last couple of weeks in the Collingwood VFL, he's been playing. As a forward, they say he's played really well. Um, that's maybe, like, he's played well, but Collingwood don't have that many options up forward. So when you've got Ben Reid going out injured, like, there's no one else to bring in. So you'd think that this is kind of a forced change, and I'm not sure um, long-term if, one, he's going to be long-term forward option, and, two, if he's going to even be able to remain in our side um, until, you know, Reid or... I guess when more eventually comes back, I don't think that's uh, likely for a very long time. But um, getting off topic there, um, his job security, I mean, his scoring potential and job security at this stage, a little bit questionable, but we'll see how he goes this week, Chizo. Um, if I had to pick a pick who I think is going to play from the uh, extended bench for Collingwood side, I'd say um, Taylor Adams remains on the side, even though he's been poor. Flynn Appleby will hold his spot as well. Chris He'll Mann- hold! Flynn Appleby will hold. <laughs> He's going to hold with Braden Maynard coming in. Yeah, Maynard will come in and Howe's gone out. So that's going to be that direct swap. Maynard in, Howe out. So Adams will be in, Flynn Appleby will hold. You'll get um, Chris Main, who's been dominant. Yes, Chris Main, dominant on a win. <laughs> and then for the last spot, I mean, it's going to go between probably one of Crocker and Dacos, but it's possible Sam Murray comes in, but that's too many defenders uh, for my liking, Chizo. So um, I'm thinking Murray is probably still going to miss out. Wow, that's so disappointing because Sam Murray is just... uh, His attacking flair is just so much more than what we've seen for Flynn Appleby. Jeez, we made a a big call a few weeks ago, Pistol, where we said that Flynn Appleby had no job security and he was going to play one week and he's going to be straight back out. Now, when we get Maynard back, he's still staying. 
Yeah, that's because Howe's injured. I mean, the guy, he's got lucky, and even then, he might not hold. I mean, I would not also be surprised if Murray comes in for Appleby, and they've just, you know, Appleby's played four games in a row or, or whatever, and his body's going to be a bit sore, <laughs> and it's a perfect opportunity to bring in Murray, and then they've got the buy in two weeks. So that's also not surprised, but yeah, that, that would be, it's still probably less than 50-50, but it's close to a 50-50 chance. <laughs> That's a classic six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have is. an opinion about everything. Um, obviously, with Brody Mycheck, this is, this is a, I think you mentioned to it before, this is a typical Buckley thing, isn't it? Let's take the 2017 VFL full back of the year and let's play him in the forward line. That's a great idea. I think I think that can only work out for good things. Obviously, you've already mentioned that bereft of uh, options, is the reason that we've got Brody up there. Um, obviously, his older brother Tyson was a uh, full forward for Tassie Mariners back in the day, so he, he grew up as a, uh, a defender playing on his older brother in the backyard. So uh, natural defence uh, in in Brody since uh, he's been young. Um, you're absolutely hit the nail on the head that even if he does play, he's not going to score very well, uh, particularly now that he's playing forward. Um, and he just doesn't have the job security. But um, you'd think with all their, their injuries down back, they might have a spot for you know uh, a full back of the, the VFL in 2017, but uh, apparently not. Uh, we will jump into the next game here, Pistol. Um, the last one for the round, Adelaide Crows and GWS. Uh, extended benches again, only one confirmed out. Paul Seedsman uh, named in after his late withdrawal with an adductor last week. Andy Otten, Riley O'Brien and Lockie Murphy. On the giant side of things, uh, Sam Taylor, Sammy Reed, Dawson Simpson, Phil Davis, and Brent Daniels. Obviously, uh, Sam Taylor and Brent Daniels, uh, two newbies. We've got um, Brent Daniels, uh, small forward, named on the extended bench. Unlikely to get a game at this stage, you'd say. But we do have Sam Taylor named in the back pocket uh, here, Pistol. 196 centimeter key defensive option from last year's draft, pick 28 from memory. Um, it named on the ground, generally in that situation, they get a game, mate. Yep, no, he's he's been confirmed to debut, Chizo, so he's definitely going to play. How he'll score, though, is another question, but he has a good buy, so I'm hoping he scores well because I, I am interested in getting him if that's the case. Yeah, it, it could be a, a really solid, uh, you know, like a D8 option when we finish off our downgrades uh, to the likes of uh, Murray and Duda and stuff in uh, future weeks. Uh, we should mention that those that got out uh, off the uh, the Duda train, JB, uh, really suffering at this point here, Pistol, because at the time you were actually pretty confident he was going to reach his break even. And, you know, since then he's reset it. It's back down to 28. He's going to make 23K this week and he's just been going great guns. You don't have to remind me, Chizo, because I ended up uh, still trading him out that week. Um, oh, Pistol, you did it! I needed the extra couple of... It's, it's funny, because it was, um, what was it, two weeks ago now, and I needed only 6K more to be able to get Webster. Otherwise, I was forced into getting Lloyd, um, who we know got 173 that oh, week. Oh, no, getting forced into that choice, that would just be horrible, wouldn't so, it? So I kept... Finlayson for the extra week and uh, traded Dude instead just because I needed that little bit extra Chizo uh, to get Webster and that has just gone so, so wrong. Um, and it's, yeah, those little 50-50 things that you can't really predict. I can't be too upset about Webster, but he's been no Lloyd in the, the last couple of weeks and obviously Dude uh, heavily has outscored Finlayson. So um, yeah, it's just those little losses that turn into slightly bigger losses, which just long-term affect your team. 
Look, I'm going to do something for the community here, mate. If you're going to keep suggesting things for people to do and then ignoring them, there's a. Uh, uh, I'll show you where the door is. Okay, <laughs> Pistol. If you're going to say something, we should back it up. I think I, I like that. And uh, uh, tweet at Pistol uh, that he, he needs to do that. We're going to keep him to his trades this week. Um, that pretty much uh, wraps up all the teams here, mate. There are a few key items that we have touched on on between, but we should really summarise them. Uh, looking at rookies this week, um, the only three that really stand out and if you're, we we're going to number them one, two, and three, one being the best and uh, highest priority pistol, between Tim Smith, uh, Ridley, and uh, Rice, who's your one, two, three? Look, I think for this week, you've got two trades. One of them needs to be spent on getting Tim Smith because even though his job security is not amazing, he's done well enough that he's going to hold until the buy in two weeks. And in that two weeks, he's going to make at least 120K, which is absolutely massive. Um, and that's good enough to use a trade on somebody to, you know, as if you said, if you had a Higgins and you downgrade him to a Tim Smith, bank the cash, Tim Smith's going to go back up. And if he does get drops, then you could still trade him out at, you know, 250K. It's not the end of the world. So for me, Tim Smith is the number one uh, trade-in option for everyone this week. Um, followed then, if I had to then use another trade on a rookie, obviously it's going to be between uh, Rice and Ridley. I think um, it's Rice for the job security. It's Ridley if you need the extra number during the buy, depending on your team's priorities. But um, Chizo, I think the the main, I guess, options with that other trade is getting out um, Tim Kelly um, because he's going to drop a lot. Obviously, if you can do Tim Kelly to Tim Smith, that's probably ideal. But if you can't, Chizo, um, your options, I'm going to throw it back on you. Sure. You're picking... A player, you're picking either Rockliffe, you're picking Walters, you're going for Tom Mitchell, who's 580k with a break-even of 73, or you're going for a DPP swing and one of the Port Adelaide forwards. So quite a difficult question. I can't really see a standout option, I should say, first, but... <laughs> Which one out of all those options? I know you're getting Rockliffe, but you also already have Walters and you have Titch. So throwing, throwing all these out there, Give me your first two. Uh, can you say that all again? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just I'll say it backwards. Just make it a little bit more complex for me, mate. What do you reckon? Um, all right, all right. More complex. I, I, I really, really like. I, I'm gonna. I, yes, I know. Um, you've you've summed it up pretty well that a lot of those players I do have. Um, we do need to touch on the fact that there is the round 12 buy coming up. There's only one game for the likes of um, a Titch and a Yo this week. Is it worth bringing them in for one week? That's a little bit interesting. Um, the the qu- question could be, um, is Titch going to become super expensive after one more game? He's got a break even in the 70s. He's probably not going to price you out regardless of what he scores this week, so he's he's not going to be a necessity. Um if you were desperately trying to upgrade Tim Kelly and you didn't have Titch, then you know there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's the whole point of playing your way through the buys. You want to be picking these guys up off the buy rather than bringing them in and then sitting a premium on the bench. So um, for the likes of that, if I was going to be bringing in, um, bringing in someone this week, um, I would be looking at the likes of uh, a Michael Walters because I just think he's just too good of value, and and that is the you know the whole crux of the reason why I'm getting uh, I'm going after uh, Tommy Rockley for my team personally is because I just think the value that he pre- uh, he presents is just fantastic, and when you've got Walters, uh, he's got a break even of twenty four. 
He's coming off 146 uh, last round, coming back from injury. There is only one way up. He's only had poor scores this year through injury, essentially, um, and he's had uh, a couple of good tons in between. So um, I really like his scoring potential and what he's going to play. And, and particularly if they are going to play a lot of um, kids in Frio this year, they are going to have to stick the big guns around the ball a little bit more so that they're not losing by 100 points because there's only so long that you can have Andy Brayshaw as your rover before they start getting smacked around. So I can see that um, Mickey Walters is going to be putting up a, 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 a lot of good scores towards the end of the year, and I think he presents fantastic value. I mean, if I was picking from my own question there, the answer would be Walters. Um, at the moment, I think he's averaging 104, not including his injury-affected game. He's got now a break-even of 24, so he's somebody that realistically is probably jumping 40, 50K this week. Um, I probably should have thrown Buddy in there as well. He's got a break-even of 103, but he could you know, do that by... He's scored 200 this week against against Carlton. Um, who knows? So um, I probably would still be getting Walters over Buddy, but if you already have Walters, I mean, definitely um, consider Buddy. If you had to rank... I've got a couple more questions for you, Chizo. If you have sure. to rank just the Port Adelaide forwards, yep. um, give me your one, two, and three. Okay, so really, really worried about Gray's new role change. Really, really like what Westhoff has been doing this year, and Boak is just sneaky under the radar. So for the fact that I think Westhoff is probably going to average more to the end of the year, the fact that Paddy Wright is getting managed, I think there's the likelihood that he plays a little bit more around the ball, gets a few more chop-outs into the ruck line. So I think the likelihood of him keeping his scoring up is going to be good. I think that Gray is going to have a couple games where he just goes nuts and Port win, and he just looks like a freak again. You can't count him out. If you already have either of those blokes and you're looking for a unique guy that's going to get you 90 to 95 in any given week, you can't go past Boak because as a half forward, he's an elite ball winner and the fact that he doesn't have to play midfield for the the, the power just shows how strong their midfield brigade is and he's just going to keep ticking on every game. He's going to score you between like 85 and 105 every week and that's just what you're going to take. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, answer, Chizo. I'm not going to disagree with you uh there definitely and I did have a second question now this one again I'll say I don't believe there is a right answer um, but it is a tough question nonetheless there's a lot of people with uh, Gelfi who you're probably not going to trade I'll just rule them out you're not going to tr- be trading him this week you've got Fritch you've got Ronk they both have a break even in the 40s obviously Ronk is at the SCG against Carlton Fritch is just scoring incredibly well in the last couple of weeks if one of them has to go down to Tim Smith this week, who would you trade out of the two of them? Well, it's all about money, isn't it? So you're going to, um, I like in in my, in my opinion, Guelphy break even of seventeen. He's going to make twenty three k this week projected. Bailey Fritch projected to make seventeen k this week. It's a little bit of a trade off because. You, is Tim Smith going to continue this scoring potential? So say you have Fritch, Guelphie and Ronk all in your forward line, you've only got one spot, then you get the, the problem of who do you pick because there's a couple that have been fantastic all week. So um, if you're trading to put on the ground, per se, um, I'd be... Um, oh, Jesus, is hard. <laughs> it's a very tough question, Cheese. I said this. It's, it's really... I feel like it's... 
one of those ones where you've got to consider points versus money because yeah. you've got players that are going to go up more in, in money, but at the same time, you want to have Fritch kind of on your field because he's scoring so well. So I'll, I'll jump in and, and just tell you what I think because it, I know it's a tough question and I kind of had my answer pre-prepared. So sure. um, I was expecting <laughs> expecting it to bounce back to me at some stage, but um, I think this week I would be going Ronk um, to Tim Smith and playing Fritch just because I'm expecting Fritch to score um, he's had he's now had four scores out of his last five above 86. So you're expecting uh, a score similar to that this week. And Ronk, I know he's probably going to do well against um, Carlton, but at the same time, he might not. And they both have a similar amount of money to make uh, from this point onwards. And not only that, Ronk has around 14 buy. So I know you plan on, well, everyone probably plans on training Fritch at, at his buy. But if something goes wrong and you cop some injuries... I'd rather have Fritch playing in round 14 than things going wrong and me not having, like having Ronk in round 14 and then me just copping an extra zero when I know already I'm going to be struggling um, in that buy round. So um, this is obviously not if you're a league player. If you're a league player, um, you can. it doesn't matter if you're trading because the buys probably aren't going to be affecting you as much. But definitely if you're going for overall, I think if I'm choosing between two players, they're both making similar amounts of money. I'll go, I'll put the, the player with the highest scoring potential on my field, and I'll be trading out the player with the round fourteen buy. Yep, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you because I I don't really have an answer to be honest. I, <laughs> there I, isn't I, a good answer. <laughs> there is there isn't much of a good answer. A break even of oh, yeah, like it, it's it's a much of a muchness. I guess the only thing that you could probably mention is that Bailey Fritch is um, another fifty um, k more expensive so there's that on top of it yes they they might score within 10 points of each other if you had them on field so you're not really losing out if uh, tim smith comes in and scores well but that extra 50k might get you to a a better player with your second trade so uh, i'll say fritz just for the the fact that the player the the coaching question might need that extra 50k pistol and uh, a couple more questions as i said before if you have how he's got bone bruising this is a bit risky because Collingwood have a buy not not after this week, but the week after that. So, do you think there's a slight chance that they hold him out for both of the weeks and then give him the buy? So we'll have a three week recovery period. In which case, are you looking to to trade him, or do you think that if it's probably, or do you think it's just going to be a one week and he'll be back and then have have the week off to recover again? I, I can't trade him off one week. Yeah, uh, uh, there's no way that I can. Um, for bone bruising like that, that's that's so such a terrible way to describe an injury because you, you bump your knee up against the wall, you get bruising. <laughs> like um, you need a little bit more information. We've seen some uh, some experienced coach, coaches uh, like such as yourself and JB hold Josh Kelly for six <laughs> weeks because he's a top echelon in his line. Jeremy Howe is in the top you know, top 10 of his line. So you don't really want to be trading him out if you don't have to, particularly when um, we don't even know the extent of the injury. So at this stage, I'd be holding. I'd be looking to either bank some cash uh, or fix up some donuts. But the, the only option would, uh, the only reason I would trade him, if you're one of those people that mirror is the only way to stop you from having a donut this week, then I'd probably consider it just to force your way out of a donut. But even then, one week, you just got to suck it up. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up the uh, Josh Kelly incident, but I should say, at the moment, Hal had the same um, you know time expected to miss as Josh Kelly. 
it was just one week, but it happened to be for six weeks. So, well, it was Josh Kelly's Josh Kelly's groin. I don't don't tell me that was bone bruising as well. <laughs> oh, no, Cheezo, <laughs> oh, let's quickly change subjects and run through the uh, vice captains and captaincy options. Uh, we've spoken a little bit about it, but just give me. Um, let's not include Buddy in this discussion because we've pretty much covered him in greater detail than probably necessary. So, um, excluding Buddy, give me your 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 top two VC and top two C options this week. Well, I'm luckily enough to be looking at Lahug's captaincy options, so uh, we'll take that as it is because I'm going to be cheating off the cheat sheet that I read every week. If you don't uh, catch his uh, his captaincy options for every week, he breaks it down perfectly, so make sure you check them out on uh, the Dr. Supercoach website. His top three VC options this week are as follows. Number one, Jack McRae. Number two, Lance Franklin. Number three, Patrick Dangerfield. And if we're going for a VC into a C, if your VC doesn't hit it, his three captaincy options are Nat Fife, who has been going crazy, Brody Grundy, who has been uh, just insane this year, has totally broken the roof off after JB and Pistol just basically peer pressured me into trading him to uh, Nick Nanui and, uh, at the start of the year. And Patrick Dangerfield, number three, is a captaincy option depending on what VC you go. It is going to be an interesting game, particularly uh, the uh, uh, interesting round, particularly because some of our captaincy options, say a Max Gorn who uh, isn't mentioned there, predicted to go 125 by La Hug. I think that he can uh, even eclipse that in his last three. Maxi Gorn averaging 128 and. Uh, what everyone keeps crowing on about here, Pistol, is his 66 average across his last three games against the Bulldogs. But I don't care about anything of that. I have the utmost confidence to put the VC on him this week, and I think he. I won't need to even worry about a C. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, pretty much said it there. I do disagree uh, with with the host captains, probably for the first time in a long time, Chiso, because I just think Max Gorn is just you know the option of the week and uh then again as well gone if you have gone and grundy you, you just do vc gone into grundy i think for me they're the clear uh top two obviously not as a grundy owner then it becomes a bit difficult um fife i think will perform well again but um my money my money would be uh on dangerfield or buddy if you're a bit more of a, a gambler but i'd also um i'm just going to check out a kind of a random one there chizo um, I think Heaney will have a good week. Um, maybe not, you know, an explosive 160, but um, I'm feeling I'm feeling a, a, something in the vicinity of 140 for Heaney this week. Yeah, and uh, obviously Fife's been going nuts, so he he you can't go wrong if you you have him as well. Uh, just to those bleeding hearts out there that keep going on about Max Gorn's three uh, 66 average in his last couple against the Bulldogs. What about Jack McRae's three round average of 85 against Melbourne? I still think he's going to sign. He, he somehow he's going to find a way to eclipse that this week. He, he's been in, been in okay form, and form counts for a little bit. But um, for me, that that's what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, to be honest, here Pistol, um, interesting. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of those options across a lot of teams. Um, it, it is n- nice in the last few weeks. I haven't had to uh, cop a ninety from my captaincy option. I, it was getting a little bit dire there, mate. Where every single week I was getting it wrong, and my captaincy option ended up scoring them uh, worse than my VC, and I was almost <laughs> almost ready <laughs> almost ready to quit, mate. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. Pistol. That pretty much wraps us up for the podcast. Do you have any closing statements? You've always got something to say. Oh, you know I do, Chizo. Um, I should say, if you did listen to the Monday podcast with uh, JB and Nicey, they did mention that I hadn't yet um, picked 
a, I guess, a unique way to donate to the Cancer Council if something or something didn't happen. Um, we did come up with something which uh, I think I'm going to say get the short straw, but it's going for charity, so it's not <laughs> not not really. A you short haven't done straw. anything for ten weeks. There's no such thing as a short straw. You got, <laughs> you got to pay double from now on. No, we we've been thinking of it for a while. Um, actually, had it planned for the, the last five weeks, but kept forgetting to mention it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, um, sure. It was, just wait till you hear it, Cheezer, because you actually don't know what it is. Um, I will donate $10 to the Cancer Council for every week that I've run out of trades. Now, if you don't know by now, um, I'm probably going to run out by about next week. So um, this could be a 100-plus donation um, coming the Cancer Council's way because I generally run out at around <laughs> around 14 or so. So, um, yeah, this is a, a pretty good one for me as well. Might may force me to hold on to a couple extra. But, um, yeah, looking at how the season's going, uh, pencil me in uh, from next week onwards, Chizo. And um, other than that, would you like to take us through our, our uh, Twitter handles? Yeah, so uh, obviously this happens every year. I'll get to the Twitter in a second. The whole Chizo chase down happens because you always <laughs> run out of trades immediately after the buys. And my prerogative is to try and have about five or six trades coming out the other side of the buys because there's always things that derail you, Pistol. And it's nice to just have a couple up your sleeve just in case. Um, so don't be burning through them too much, community. If you do want to find us on Twitter, I think we've all cracked the triple ton now. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm still lagging behind YouTube, YouTube boys because I uh, uh, post a little bit less frequently or I'm less loved. It's one of those two. <laughs> um, if you do want to find the Magnificent Pistol, it's just pistol, pistol underscore DRSC. JB is JB underscore DRC. If you do want to find me, Chizo with a Z at Chizo underscore drsc you'll find us all um mainly because the uh the dr supercoach twitter does just post a lot of stuff from our uh, facebook occasionally uh we have admins answering questions and stuff on there a little bit less frequently than we do on the facebook page um we should mention the emails pistol because they have started up again as much as much as uh We've been trying to hide from the uh, hundred odd that are sitting there waiting for us. I am going to try and get through them all uh, tomorrow, which will be Friday. So today, if you're listening on Friday, which you probably will be, uh, I will try and get through. So um, Mrs. Cheezo is away all all weekend. So shoot us your questions (laughs) because I'll be bored and I'll be watching every game of football I can get my hands on. And uh, it'll be uh, nice to interact with a few people. And uh, uh, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, Pistol doesn't engage in another Twitter banter fight that uh, ends up the community coming to save himself. Well, look, that would seemingly make your weekend because of uh, how you put it there, Chief. So I must be uh, a little lonely in the middle of nowhere. I'm so lonely. <laughs> I'm not going to break into song. That that was just a little snippet. Uh, yes, that's all right. That's enough for now and uh, probably forever. <laughs> so I uh, will leave it on that note. But uh, thanks for listening, community, and uh, hopefully your team goes well this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you do enjoy the content, guys, do feel free to subscribe on iTunes. There's still 20% every week that aren't subscribed on iTunes that just filter through and find us, uh, I guess, on the top 10 or the top 100, whatever, however you find us. So feel free to subscribe on that so you do get the updates when they're update, uh, uploaded onto iTunes. Uh, our schedule is usually Monday night and Thursday night that they get uploaded. So that's uh, most people. Uh, we, we're trying to stay consistent, Pistol. I think this is the best year. And the last thing I should probably mention um, on 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 top of that uh, mate is if you do enjoy it let us know because we're always trying to make it 
better and more engaging and content that you guys want to listen to. If you want a segment um, that we used to do that we don't do or something that you think that we can incorporate, let us know. We don't know unless you give us feedback. So feel free to, to hit us up on the, the email, uh, drscpod at gmail.com, the Doc Supercoach Pod. That's where you can leave us our feedback, positive or negative, doesn't matter, and uh, we'll take it on board. And uh, if it's uh, get pistol on the podcast more than you know we can incorporate that so uh pistol has been fantastic having you on mate i hope you have a uh, a, a lovely uh, weekend i'll be watching as much footy as i can as i said so uh catch you later community have a great one